Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. In this episode, we're talking to Jose Subero and Sid Van Vick about how Miro is designing a dynamic future of work with their experimental space at Miro One. My name is Rebecca Corliss, and I am joined by my co-host, Omar Ramirez. Welcome to True Understanding. Jose and Sid, we're, we're absolutely psyched to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for digging in. Excited to dig into Miro and the Discovery Center. This is a perfect moment, I think, to just share with listeners what the Miro Discovery Center is. I mean, sure. clearly there's something really innovative you're onto here. So break it down. What is it? Why did you create it? And then like paint a picture for us. What does this yeah. space look like? Yeah, so it essentially is some sort of a showroom where we try to show the customer the best Miro experiences, right? And that is all tailored to a certain customer. How are you using it? What is the value for you? So all the conversations are on a value level aimed at executives, right? There's a really good reason why I'm not calling it an executive briefing center, but I'm calling it the Miro Discovery Center. Because it is it is co-discovery. We want to discover together. And I like the word discovery because it's like visual language. And we are going to discover something. It, it, it's, it shows a journey, right? We're going on uh, something. So I like that we're trying to figure out together, okay, what are we going to discover? So and that brings out so much experimentation. That's awesome. So you guys are kind of thinking yeah. like almost as like the whole building as a customer journey for these executive briefing centers where it's yeah. like... Traditionally, I think, you know, for people listening, the executive briefing center was usually like one room or a space at the bottom of a building or like this kind of like nested yeah. space that was protected from other people. And it was very much a showcase yeah. space. Yeah, we opened it the doors. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you're thinking <laughs> of it as more of a like, you know, customer journey inside of a living building, which is amazing. So a lot of customers also come here because we have just so many different setups uh, which we can show them to really figure out, okay, how does it work in this setting? How does it work in this setting? Um, and I think there's a lot of value in there. Yeah. If, if you look in here, when I joined six months ago and they asked me, okay, what do you need in your executive briefing center? What, what do you need? How should it look like? And I had no idea because the post-pandemic briefing program is just so different. Mm -hmm. So when we teamed together, you came yeah. up with the idea to make everything flexible. Everything is on wheels. Even the plants are on wheels. The tables are on wheels, everything. So we can accommodate the room to a certain meeting, which is, which is a whole new level of personalization, right? Because I, I spoke to a customer last week and they say, we have in, in, this, in our office, it's, it's pretty much fixed. So there, is, there are like two rooms which are really popular. They're always booked, right? It doesn't need to be that way. If we can just have the space and what do you need? We'll roll that in, right, to accommodate what you need for your meeting, right? I think one, one really cool thing about executive briefing centers, it's, it's, it's small groups because we value the discussion. If you go over nine people, you lose the discussion, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we tend to keep it really small. And last week, we, you only have two people coming in. Great, we'll shrink the table. Yeah. We'll make sure that that meeting room looks exactly built for this meeting. And, and yeah. I like doing that. It gives us so much flexibility to do that. Yeah. yeah. We were thinking about going modular, right? How can mm -hmm. we have a net, uh, set of, uh, let's say, surfaces that we can nest together, we can connect, and then uh, expand or shrink on demand, right? And that's kind of the principles that we put in place. Then we, we started to look at uh, 
uh, when we when we have people uh, you know uh, in the flow right and then they are taking notes they're talking they're having a coffee and they want to grab their their notepad right Sid made some uh, um, also interesting explorations on on notebooks and things like that however we decided that the surface that they meet on it's actually writable right so it's 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 a it's an actual whiteboard it looks like a table mm. on a, it runs so casters so you are able to move them around so they uh, they actually flip they go up and down and you are able to create like all these setups like a workshop uh, a whole like um, uh, breakout rooms and all that so most of the things that we do on a mirror board we actually recreate yeah. here in the in the physical space it's actually quite funny because when you come to Miro and the table's a whiteboard, right? Yeah. And, and not only that, also our notebooks are like rewritable, rewritable. Yeah. So they're also sort sort of whiteboards. Mm -hmm. And when we engage with customers, we start analog, right? Because yeah. let, let's let's celebrate that we're in person again. So we take real stickies and we, we put them on the table and we capture all the voices on stickies. And uh, what I really find really cool is that we then take a photo and digitize that all within seconds and throw it on a mirror board and then we'll continue virtually yeah mm -hmm. right that's so cool. uh, that, this I is think that that's like this is that posted integration right so that like yeah. you yeah. can yeah. take the picture yeah so then what were some of the decisions you made around yeah. the space some of the design decisions that you made in order to make sure that hybrid meetings particularly could could be really successful what what is really important is that we for hybrid that you level the playing field mm -hmm. right i mean what what they are looking at at home needs to be the same that what we're looking at here mm -hmm. right and if it's not the same then it needs to be an experience for them and for us right mm -hmm. but it's different right? so often here when the customers come in the board has been shared up front mm -hmm. so yeah what i like about that is everyone starts virtually right everyone starts virtually at mm -hmm. just some point in time someone's here Right, that's part of the experience. And uh, we started actually with the question here, what is the digital twin of first class? Because if you come to me, I can give you good food, you meet the people, you get the tour, that's first class experience, right? Mm -hmm. But what is the equivalent of that for someone who's not there? What are they doing if we're going for a coffee break? Mm -hmm. So we figured out that they were so different that we needed actually two people to manage that someone who owns the virtual experience and someone who owns the in-person experience so this two people approach really helps with us because there is a facilitator who owns the virtual uh, group they watch the chat see what people do if they go offline really trying to figure out what they are doing and they bring their voice to me as a moderator in in the room because it's quite r rare when someone who's not there silences the, the room, right? Mm. Hardly people do that, but the facilitator can do that. So you need two people to make that work. Another important thing is because briefings are long, eh? they're like 10 to four, long days. If you do that virtually, there's no way. It's too exhausting. So that actually means that you need two different agendas. Um, because first we're trying to figure out why why are they not there? Why are they hybrid? What's the driver behind it? They might want to join just one session. Great, then just join that, right? Um, if they try, if they really want to attend the full day, we're trying to figure out can we can we change their experience a bit by activating them more, make sure they do more because every time they do something, 
they're more engaged and it st stretches the attention span, right? If we activate them, but also we're trying to make virtual only sessions where they do some sort of a gamified, um, uh, gamified learning, any, anything like that, right? If we go for a coffee break, the, the virtual facilitator does something else with them, right? So what we did is we created a digital twin of our briefing center, which is a virtual house, and it's full with virtual-only meeting rooms, right? With, with videos and with, with, with games in there, really trying to figure out, okay, what are they doing if we're going on a tour, for example, right? What, and I think just thinking about that already, um, I'm not saying that we're there yet, but really actively thinking about it and prepping it in such is show, it shows me that customers really value us that we're putting so much energy into doing it that way, right? And someone called it um, uh, the man in the van, the principle, because when the superhero goes out yeah. and there's always a man in the van with, with the earpiece and the, trying to navigate him, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Both critical. They're both critical roles, but yeah. they're very different, right? Yeah. So let's they, they both have different experiences. So we need to figure out who's in the van and who's going out, <laughs> right? And how do we accommodate to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense, right? Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great yeah. example, yeah. Alfred, Alfred yeah. to the Batman. Let's not copy. Let's not copy. No. Let's find the equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we do too much copying. Yeah. I think yeah. what you all are doing, though, is it's interesting because you're being very intentional with your design, right? And I think that the way I would describe the way most people do hybrid or the way is like, you know, you're at a holiday party or a Christmas party and you call in grandma on, on like an iPad or something and like everyone's confused and you can't really hear well and it's really <laughs> distracting. That's how most people do hybrid, I feel like. They don't really like set up for success. But I feel like you all are actually like doing the yeah. intentional design work to make this something that is really viable. And you're thinking about the experience on both sides of the screen, which is a critical factor. And, and yeah. also, it, it should be uh, two screens, right? Yeah. Because when you're doing hybrid on one screen, and usually the camera is attached to the screen, that means mm -hmm. that one of the audiences is always to your back, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So also that it's it's really simple hybrid great I'll roll in a second screen that screen will use for the call and the other screen is for a presentation mm -hmm. right? super simple but we need at least that flexibility to roll in stuff hybrid great roll in the screen what screen that that's another question that's another question yeah, yeah. so we are experimenting with several things yeah. and and I think that's the um, that it helps us to have a, a such a flexible environment right. And what we're trying to figure out is like, what is that single screen experience? What's that second screen experience? And how do we, how does that resonate with uh, our customer, with the person sitting here and with the person on the other side, yeah. right? So, um, and, and that's good with the person. If it's just one person, yeah. why roll mm -hmm. in a large screen, right? So we have these tiny screens as well, which we yeah. put on the table. Yeah, they're over there, probably not, cannot see them. Can you see them? Can you see them? No, a little bit. Very, very a little bit, yeah. So we'll just put that on the table where a chair is, like it's one other person joining the meeting, right? Yeah. Hmm. So that's what we're also trying to accommodate with because first we really need to understand what is hybrid, what is the setting, because where are they taking it from? Are they, because in most cases, they're all taking it from home, so they're not in the same room. So it's not like a Cisco web telepresence kind of setting where half of the room, uh, half of the people are in this room and the other half is, half is this. No, it's, that's hardly ever the case. No, no. Mm -hmm. They're just like three or four yeah. people taking it from their own home. From their own house, right? yeah. Yep. And they're all taking it from their laptop, obviously. So it, getting a really good understanding of how the hybrid setting looks like really helps to accommodate for it, right? But yep. we first need to start with 
uh, why hybrids? How does that look like, right? Okay, how am I going to engage with them? What type of engagement do they want? Okay, a lot. Great. Bring in the virtual facilitator to own that side of the experience, right? So, so, so that's how we slowly go about it. But that's that's why I'm really fond of having a few weeks lead time to prepare for this. I love that. And I'm thinking back to what you said about experimentation. You mentioned that experimentation is really key to uh, your work, to Miro, et cetera, um, just that constant learning. So uh, I want to ask an intriguing question. Um, I remember at the top of our conversation, you said you're you're really focused on experimentation, that forever learning, and uh, you get a lot of things wrong. You get a lot of things wrong you shared, and I think that's awesome. Is there an example of something you got wrong and that you learned that you could share with us? <laughs> Looking at Jose. You know a lot of things which are wrong, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We well, know you get a started. lot of things yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> we know. Um, what did Jose get I'm, wrong? Tell us it. I'm curious that you learned from. And it, I mean, I mean, think about that. That's really powerful and impactful and, and sharing that here in terms of your learning, just the, the collective learning that comes from sharing those mistakes and the dedication to experimentation in order to make that happen. It's great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things go wrong, but that, that's more like internet connectivity issues. We need to battle with that or yeah. uh, rolling in new screens. We had a new screen, but it wasn't licensed with Zoom, right? Yeah. So we couldn't share content to it. Hmm. Because if you experiment with a lot of screens, we, we have eight upstairs. I'll, if a customer says, we do a lot with Jamboards, uh, great, I'll roll them down, right? Let's experiment yeah. Miro on what you have at home, right? Yeah. And then it, it wasn't licensed, so it, it, it takes a lot of prep to make it work, yeah. right? Yeah. That, yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot. No, yeah. no, I think, and I, yeah. I think I shared this in a, in a conversation earlier, that tech layer, that, yeah. that, that is just like, uh, you know, the baseline, that mm -hmm. should be worked out completely yeah. before we start um, to flex things, to experiment a lot. Because that yeah. that's already a challenge in itself, right? Right now, mm -hmm. we we uh, sometimes I think maybe it sounds easy, but uh, it has taken us uh, quite quite an effort to actually get those principles in place to to be able to move things around, to exchange things yeah. according to uh, uh, to the to the end user or the customer, and so on. So if we don't have the basics sorted out, it's a major nightmare. My, my, my yeah. learnings are really uh, communicating that we have an executive briefing internally, right? Miro is quite a young company. We're starting up an executive briefing center, which is new to a lot of people. If I mention executive briefing center, I get these blank stares, right? So I started calling it a showroom. Um, <laughs> but what I have, because I threw the doors open and nothing is locked, which I like, right? So the customer, they stand in the same line for coffee that we eat in the same lunch space, which I think there's a lot of cool stuff in there because let's share the culture, right? Let's yeah. not hide behind it. But Everything open means that a lot of people can just walk in, right? Mm -hmm. And and when you walk uh, work in multiple time zones, I'm prepping everything the day before, and I come back the day after, and the whole room is just with a different layout because it can be a different layout because everything is movable. So I I had this customer on their way, and I'm missing two screens, right? So mm -hmm. I really need to communicate this open system that we have. Uh, a, a type of engagement going on, right? Yeah. And because everyone's quite new to it, you 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 get this, which is very new to me. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Then then you see me running around trying to find new screens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go to a room and there are people hanging out, yeah. and then the customer is like coming in in twenty minutes. Yeah. So yeah. 
it's part of the. Uh, but we just share this, right? Uh, yeah, I like yeah. sharing this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Saying this is the situation, and yeah. and that is a, that is a lot of fun being able to to show a lot of vulnerability in it, and because you call it an experiment, mm-hmm. yep. they're very forgiving because yeah. we don't. It's an experiment, and the reason why it's an experiment because we don't know the outcome. We're trying mm-hmm. stuff. You're trying stuff with us. And it work or it doesn't. And you're learning just as much as we do, right? Yeah. The open system, maybe is not that such a great idea. That could be a conclusion, right? But so far, it, is, uh, it has benefits and these are, uh, these are definitely not benefits. Yeah, <laughs> fun times. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool so question. So what are you... So I'm curious. So in terms of deciding if an outcome of an experiment is, is solid enough to actually make it a new long-term best practice, what yeah. evidence do you look for in order to have, have that final commitment and know that, yeah. yes, this worked, we got the right feedback, and now this is what we do forevermore? For example, we have, um, we have four rooms here in this building, and they're next to each other, they're adjacent, and what, what we do, what I want to do with customers and also with, with employees is set them up with different layouts and different tech but mm-hmm. connect them all to one mirror board and one video conferencing, right? So one room could be an immersive room. One room could be all the only input devices, um, and MacBooks and, and, and tablets. They're all different. So what we then do is we go in that direction. We split in four. Everyone goes into a room. We are connected in video conferencing, right, and on the mirror board. We're going to talk about it, experiencing it, and then we're going to rotate, and we're going to rotate. And after that, we're going to ask what worked. What didn't mm. work? What did you like? What didn't you like? What is there? Does this work in a certain setting, right? And that conversation, that is really valuable. So we just need to make sure when we do that, that someone is there from the cross device team, for example, who owns that roadmap, who can really use that information. So we try to, when we say we, we really want to learn, we really want to listen, we need to make sure that the right people are listening as well, mm. right? So capturing that voice. Um, and also showing the customer, but also the employees, what we're doing with it. I think that feedback loop is really important because how cool is it if you see those four rooms changing constantly? They're changing, they're changing based on the feedback. Like, hey, this room used to be that room with two touchscreens. Why Mm -hmm. is it different? Well, feedback, right? Yeah. So I think that signifies that we're really how, how much we value the experiment how much we value the feedback on it right but if you like a single change shows that your feedback is actually being used so yeah. that is just a session on the agenda and i think that that is really cool to do together yeah so one one thing to add to that is that then how do we pick it up as part of the workplace team to actually get the gears moving right mm-hmm. so um i had mentioned before that we we also have some quarterly checks right with the partners that we work from furniture to tech and all that so the idea like it, it's it's a very short time that we are doing this also right so we are also trying to to make sure that that is the the sweet spot in terms of uh, cadence right to create the changes uh, but then um, the idea is to then um, sync those um, uh, uh, results from experiments with the quarterly check-ins that we mm-hmm. have with our partners to make sure that we're able to make the swaps, that we are able to make the right changes at the right time. Also not being like quarterly is also like a, a kind of a, um, a good timing that we're seeing because if mm-hmm. we do before that, we become fully reactive. And that's also, there's not a lot of learning there. So um, we, maybe in the future, we'll have to see if we actually need to extend it 
more time to certain things actually run from our time. But that's something that um, that's still not written in stone. Yeah. So I was going to ask you what your typical cadence is for one of these experiments. So it seems like it's like 90 days or one quarter right now, correct? Yeah. 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 Uh, On on certain things, yeah. Yeah, because the lead time of briefings are so long and we're just starting up. We -hmm. don't do a lot, right? Because we really need to make sure that we do it right. So for now, I've been here for half a year and now we're starting up. We've only done five briefings, right? Mm. So we need need to do a lot more... um, to get different type of customers in, different roles, different teams, different uh, verticals, mm-hmm. uh, to really figure out, okay, what actually did we learn, right? And is this uh, is this for the whole market? Is this representative or not, right? Yeah. But we are heavy on capturing everything, right? And bringing and discussing that internally to figure out, okay, what does it mean? Jose said, this has been awesome. Thank you to you. Thank you to the Miro team for having this discussion with us. We had a lot of fun, a lot of learning. So glad you were delivered bananas live in real time. <laughs> we're still waiting for ours. Uh, but no, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for we'll chatting We'll send us. you a digital banana. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I what can't wait. What if they did the equivalent of a banana? I don't know, but yeah. we'll figure that out. We need to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, great. Thank you, so thank you for having us. Huh? Hey there, this is Omar Ramirez, co-host of the True Understanding Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review to help us expand our reach and grow our community of workplace leaders. If you'd like to suggest a topic or guest, please drop us a line at trueunderstanding.vergesense.com. The True Understanding Podcast is created by Vergesense. Over 130 global companies rely on Vergesense for a true understanding of how their workplaces are used so they can continuously and confidently optimize spaces to reduce costs and improve employee experiences.